You're listening to The Rocco Podcast. Welcome back to The Rocco Podcast. I'm your host, Charlie Gibbons, and I'm here with Harvey from Ruiner. You right, mate? Hey, man. Yeah, dude, not bad. Yourself? Yeah, not too bad. How, how, you, how you keeping with lockdown? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm going completely insane. <laughs> <laughs> so, you've just released your new single, and it's received over a thousand streams in its first week. How do you feel? I'm, I'm stoked, man. I'm, I'm really, really happy with it. It's, it's not happened with uh, music I've released before, so that people are, um, are enjoying it as much as I do. Yeah, completely, man. So what, what made you want to start Ruiner? Because you've, you've been in quite a few like projects. Like I, I, know, I know you're in person, but you've been in quite a few different projects over the years. Um, what, <laughs> what was the sort of, what was the sort of um, meaning behind starting Ruiner? Um, well, initially, basically, I was trying to... I was, well, it was during my time in uh, Misery, so during to the back end of uh, 2019. And we were, like, uh, writing, well, like... Basically, Kid, our drummer, was the guy who wrote the full music, the guitar part, the drums and everything. And I sort of joined the band and I was like, look, I really want to contribute musically to this. And sort of like help Kier out, bless him, just doing it all on the own. <laughs> um, so I started writing some like, you know, hardcore-esque acts and uh, none of them were vibing with it. So I was just like, oh, okay, but I kind of really like this. So I'm going to go ahead and like, you know, just do it on the side. And when uh, when misery uh, when it came to sort of head and uh, we decided to go on a hiatus kind of thing, I was like, oh, you know, I'll probably you know, you know, be confident enough. You know, you, you've done it now. You've got an EP here. Like, why don't you just put out and like, get a band together and like, you know, do it on your own? And uh, best best decision I ever made, to be honest, mate. Nice one, man. What what and um, were your like sort of earliest? musical influences for like heavy music i mean if i'm completely honest guitar hero 3 <laughs> guitar hero 3 oh man you can't you can't beat um, just the old games like skate or guitar hero just for your, your music taste can you oh absolutely man like, absolutely um like i've never been a, a gamer in my entire life but um like i, I dabbled in like you know stuff like um, let's see like iron maiden and you know like your IP, uh like Sammy Hagar, like proper like old heavy metal stuff um, for a while, but then I bought Guitar Hero 3 because I was just like, well, it's pretty good at guitar controller, so yeah, obviously I'm going to ask for that for this one. And that just opened up my world to this whole uh, landscape of heavy music. And uh, yeah, it's so many great bands, great songs on it, and that must have, I don't know when that came out, must be 2000 something maybe 2008 or something getting old <laughs> but, yeah fucking old um, <laughs> yeah so that was probably the start of like me like branching out to stuff like uh, Slipknot, Slayer, um, Killswitch Engage, uh, stuff like that. All great bands for fair. Yeah yeah I can't, 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 can't fault with not. Because you released um, your EP Nemesis, your debut EP and there, there's obviously the sort of direction in ceremony is completely different to what made the sort of change in sound um just different moods i guess um i think with as i said before like i've written this stuff originally for a hardcore band um and obviously when that didn't work out you know i was left with hardcore music so it's like this is cool 
I'll, you know, do this. Um, and then I wrote another song after Nemesis called Grounded. It's uh, also a standalone single that's just out there. A bit more on like a thrash metal side of things, but with like, you know, hardcore influences, like it's still very heavy. Um, but it's, you know, it's fast. Um, then after that, I was writing this stuff on the same lines and I just, just didn't inspire me. It was just like, how much am I going to be able to do with this kind of music? Like, from a personal point of view, I mean, the fans that do it for a living and, you know, do it very well. A lot of my friends are in great hardcore bands and, you know, put out albums and stuff. Um, I just don't know if personally I'd be able to restrict myself to uh, one genre, you know, for the, for the rest of, uh, you know, Ruiner. Um, so with the change to Ceremony, it was very much like, I've always loved big choruses, big catchy hooks, like popular metal, like pop metal, like um, Bullet My Valentine, Kill Switch Engage, Glamour of the Kill, you know, stuff that's like catchy um, and sort of like can put a smile on someone's face and also appeal to like a heavy metal audience. Like I said in my review, it's, it's much more theatrical. Yeah, no, I, 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 I like that that phrase. Um, yeah, definitely theatrical, absolutely. It's a lot... Um, less focused on uh, the hate of the things bad in the world it's more like a like person-centered like uh you know i mean most of my lyrics are about you know mental health and you know either the struggle within that or like you know the power within that and i think ceremony was like a encapsulation of uh you know positive moods and you know progression um so yeah definitely like a big theatrical like opening to what's uh probably gonna come more to be honest mate probably just expect uh, more of the same um you know some heavy stuff in there i mean it's, it's all metal in it i'm not gonna resist you know a fat breakdown every now and then but oh, of course <laughs> not though <no. laughs> i just i just loved all those big courses man it's what i've loved my, i always consistently listen to stuff like that i've never it's never been a phase to do that kind of music it's the perfect. It's the perfect mix of like heavy songs, just the, the catchy chorus, but then it still makes you wanna. It's still got the gnarly riffs where you just wanna bang your head and. Absolutely, absolutely, and I think that's you know two two boxes ticked that I'm two very big boxes to tick. Big riffs, big choruses. You know, as long as they're banging their heads, you know, I'm I'm happy to be honest, man. Yeah, and talking about banging heads, how excited are you for the return of live music eventually when when it when it's safe to do so? Well, like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't really know because I've sort of, kind of deleted the Facebook app um, about the start of last week. And I've just seen sort of the live music stuff creep up. I've just seen today that we've just had, what, 1.5 billion to the music industry from the UK government. Yeah, it's pretty good. Honestly, such a, such a, uh, a plot twist. <laughs> you know, um, completely ignore us all but they've actually you know um acknowledged the music and arts industry for once which was um, which is brilliant but with the return of live music i have no idea when that happened if i thought that was still 2021 like i've completely written this year off to be honest yeah i feel like we need to put the christmas trees up and just call it a year just... <laughs> <laughs> yeah hopefully hopefully yeah. hopefully, hopefully yeah. live gigs will come back soon for sure, man. And I think when they do, I mean, I've said this on previous podcasts, but like, um, at least the hardcore pits, like, they are definitely socially distanced. It's like people like spin kicking and shit, like, 
Nobody wants to go near that. <laughs> you know, the distance from them anyway. But like the metal pits and stuff, it's just like, it's just not going to work. Like, they're going to have to be seated pub gigs or something like, you know. It's not going to work until uh, at least the deaths have gone down, I think. I think in some countries like uh, Australia and stuff, it's uh, and New Zealand, you know, they've been fantastic. I think they'll get the live music back first. Because they've, you know, had like 70 deaths the entire pandemic, you know, we're having over 100 every day. Yeah, they, de- they definitely dealt with it the right way. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, you know, I think with the reopening of the pubs, yes, it's great for like, um, you know, a lot of my friends run bars and pubs and stuff, and, you know, that helps them out. Um, I just hope that they're safe. I don't really care about, you know, people that are choosing to go pubs at the minute because it's like, you know, that's their choice. You know, they're putting themselves and, you know, other people they might be living with in danger. But, you know, uh, it's not really my problem and I'm, I'm not really angry about it. I'm not like, you know, oh, you should be doing this, you should be doing that because, you know, it's what we've been doing our entire lives. It's just, you know, and you give the public, you know, the opportunity to, do that again after you know half a year of not being able to of course they're gonna go you know it's just like you can't can't stop them but i i guess you know (laughs) you can see it from both sides i guess yeah that's true and with the um with the pandemic has it given you more time to more time with ruina more time to plan stuff oh yeah absolutely yeah massively massively i like Live show wise, nothing planned. Absolutely nothing planned. Um, I think my friend is uh, is organising a pretty cool festival, um, like a mortal metal festival, and he was going to consider. Well, no, he said he's going to put us on it, but I don't know whether that's going to go ahead anymore. I think that's in February, but I I, I don't know. Whereas uh, content wise, my mind is running wild. I'm honestly just. <laughs> compiling so much stuff together like i'm aiming to get another ep done um but then you know i reckon i've probably got and you know at least the majority of an album's worth of material demo um so that's cool uh, in itself um whether the extra tracks are any good or not will be down to other people but i'm sure i'm sure they will do I, I, i'm enjoying it and that's that was the whole point of Ruler, to be honest mate to make music for, for me and what I enjoy, hence the genre jumps and you know, not really settling for anything and just like, you know, just putting out content. Like I've got three releases done in one year, like I'm very happy with that. So I'm just gonna continue just doing whatever I feel like doing, to be honest, man. I think that's all that really matters though, isn't it? It's, it's you gotta have the, the right amount of passion there and make music that you love, that you enjoy making. If you if you don't it's, it feels forced and that's like not how you're gonna you're gonna vibe it really absolutely absolutely man and i think you know trends uh, especially in music like i quite i'd like to say i've got quite a good eye for you know people that don't do it for themselves like i i can see when people are just doing it for the clout you know yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, there, there's there's a lot of bands like that i think i mean not at the minute there's always always been bands like that you know um but yeah, you're absolutely right. You've got to do it for you because if you're not making music for you and you're going up on that stage and you're performing music you genuinely don't enjoy, like, 
like unless you're getting paid for that gig yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've played plenty of gigs with music i don't enjoy trust me <laughs> i don't want to sound like a hypocrite here but like you know if you're going to do it long term you've you got to you got to do it for you man you've got to play songs so you go, well, that's fun you know that's a fun song like it could be the heaviest shit in the world but as long as you're having fun with it like yeah absolute win to be honest yeah i completely get that man um, going back to Ruin, what made you what made you cover Bullet for Valentine's Bittersweet Memories? <laughs> um, for for the fun of it, again, man. Like um, I, I, I'm those who know me well, um, or those who are listening to this podcast and hearing my voice and my opinions for the first time. Um, I think the world of Bullet for Valentine. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I'm very much aware it's probably the least trendy band to listen to. <laughs> it's like saying your favourite band is Nickelback, but I love Nickelback as well. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, Bullet, I've, uh, they were probably the first like metalcore, like proper heavy band that I clicked with. Uh, I think I found them in 2008 so I think I got into them when I was like nine or ten years old um, oh wow yeah yeah so I was I was getting into it from like an early age man so uh, yeah so I got into them on the Screamo Fire record and then my first ever gig was Wembley Arena in London on the Fever Tour and the first one of the first songs they played at that show was Bittersweet Memory um, and I guess like that kind of songwriting and you know keeping it heavy but also like you know a ballad at the same time almost uh, you know you've got all those old school 80s metal influences like crushed into this like you know really um nice sounding music and you know it's 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 essentially easily easy listening you know and um I guess with Fever, and that was in 2010, now it's 2020, so I guess with the 10th anniversary of that album, I was like, I should do something on Fever, because I was like, I want to cover a Bullet song, but like, I want to do something I can also, I know I can do the guitar, the drums, the bass, and the vocals, um, and that has like, majority of it is clean singing, so I just did all the parts of that, and, uh, you know, people that have checked it out and that are into that band, um, really appreciated like the homage and it's just like it's really nice hearing a different version of it which is awesome because um then you have that same level of connection with people that enjoy it you know um, and i thought it'd be nice to accompany uh the new direction of ruiner with something along the same lines if that makes sense yeah completely yeah when when you were still when you were still playing and, and ruiner first became a band um, how many shows in total did you do so far uh managed to get us three gigs in three months so january february march one for each month and where where, where were they uh so our first ever show was possibly one of the biggest shows i've ever played um that was at face down in london so that was uh i forget the name of the venue but it's absolutely massive um face down is a like a, a metal club night but it has bands playing, so on the same bill were like Hawthorne Heights, um, Gassed Up, uh, Tether. Um, unfortunately, Gassed Up pulled out, so Tether took the Ruiner slot, and then um, because Justin, who run, you know, runs part of a, the, the Face Down crew, who's in Tether, he's like, yeah, you'll take Gassed up, gas Up's slot. So we're like, shit, okay, so that's at 1.45 a.m. <laughs> um, yeah, it was, it was late, 
but I, I, I was so um, adrenalized and just like eager to get on stage because the later it got, the more I was just like, I just want to get this over and done with at this point because I was just so nervous. That's that's the that's thinking. the best and worst thing about playing a gig though is it's waiting until you're on and just it's it's the it's the same feeling as going on a roller coaster you're just, you're just full of adrenaline you can't wait and then when you get on there <laughs> it, it lasts about five seconds then you just you're off again you know what I mean yeah absolutely I can make another comparison for that um, yeah, I'm not going to say on the podcast um, <laughs> but um, but yeah I just think being like we load in was at 7 p.m. and our set was at 1 45. Like, that's like like a, a quarter of a day of just waiting, man. Like it was it was great because there was like, you know, you'd go around, see other bands or like, you know, dance to weird emo tunes. I know you and me have danced to a lot of weird emo tunes at our uni time together. Um, yeah, that, let's say for the sake of the podcast, we don't remember what we got up to. Um, <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, so we played this set and I was just like, Jesus Christ, I hope people like it. Um, and it was just the perfect audience. Everyone participated. It was just like, just crushing. Like people like, I'm pretty sure some guy cracked his skull open on the stage, like just thumped it so hard. I, I was just like, I'm gonna have to stop the show oh. to help this guy. And he was just like, he just got up, started laughing. I think, you know, when people are hammered, I think they hurt less. That was that was an amazing first show. Like I couldn't have asked for a, a more warm welcome to it, and I think it was a great way of just sort of going like, you know, okay, this is our thing. This is what we do. Um, you know, you're here. You've really got nowhere else to be, so <laughs> just enjoy it. Um, and people did enjoy it so much, and it was just such a good sight. Like the guys I've got playing my music with me on stage, they were like, that was, you know. A, a, a strange feeling of doing that, but like that being the first show, like for any band, it was you know, bit of a bit of a golden nugget, you know. Um, and then the second show, we released our EP Nemesis on the same day, and that was in Hitchin Club Eighty Five, which is more like a local one to me. Um, and that was really nice playing to more like people that have seen me uh, like drum or play guitar in other bands. So that was nice uh, being bumping at that show. And then the third show in March was with our friends in Cope, um, and that was in London. Uh, that was, yeah, Kingston, I think. Um, and that show, I decided to have a guitar with me as well. And actually, one, one of the best shows I think we played. So um, third, one, third one was favourite. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because it was like, I wasn't straining as much when I was like screaming and stuff. Because like half my mind was like, you know, um, playing with guitar parts and stuff. Um, and I felt a bit more, you know, dignified because <laughs> I'm not great at the screaming thing. <laughs> um, uh, so that that's cool, but I don't, I don't know if I'll do it with the clean vocal stuff. Um, uh, who knows? But you know, some gigs I can turn up and go, I don't want to play guitar tonight, and some gigs I'd be like, I can't wait to play guitar tonight. You know? So would that be like an ongoing thing with gigs in the future? Do you reckon just guitar Harvey and no guitar Harvey? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's the beauty of you know doing it all you know like running the band you know like the guys in the band have no like standpoint of like oh what would the audience think or like you know uh are you picking up and putting down a guitar every now and then so they're, they're just there to have fun because <laughs> i don't ask anything of them apart from just turn up to the gig to play the show you know yeah yeah um, so it's entirely just you know depending on my mood and i think that's uh 
you know, we were talking about like pre-show anxieties and stuff, like definitely just having the guitar there every now and then. It's just like, oh, I'm not so confident in this song. So if I play guitar, at least I'm still having fun with the song. Makes sense? Yeah, completely. If you've if you got the talent there, then make use of it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, what's, what's your sort of favourite venue that you've been to, sort of lo- local venue? Like, what's, what's your favourite one that no, no one really talks about? Um, I wouldn't say nobody really talks about it, but my favourite venue to play, like every time I played there, no matter what I've been playing, like drums, bass, guitar, it's the Crawford Arms and Milton Keynes. Yeah, I, me- I remember it being a great venue, the Crawford Arms. It's just rubbish, rubbish with parking. We took us half an hour to park. Really? Yeah, I think I think the one, the one, the one on the sort of like the street on the side of the street. Yeah, yeah. I'm just thinking. I mean. <sighs> I've been to it so many times now, but I guess it's totally out of your area where it's only like, you know, 25 minutes from where I am. Um, but uh, if I if I struggle with parking now, I just go out around the back in the residential areas, just park on the curb. Um, yeah. with, with the songs that you've released so far, what has been your sort of writing process? Um, I mean, honestly, mate, like, you, you know me, I've never been like a theory guy or anything, um, but if I've got a riff, um, I'll just go straight to Logic and just like set a BPM, do my guitar and just record the riff down before I forget it. <laughs> um, and then usually at that point I'm like, okay, so how could I continue this riff? Like, what, what, can I, what can I change up? What's appropriate? And then before I sort of know it, I'm at like, you know, three minutes, 15, you know, and I'm like, oh, I have a song here. And then I think, you know, me- melodies and what I could fit over the top of it, especially more recently, like with the melody thing. I think I'm having a lot of fun uh, writing, you know, uh, catchy stuff and, you know, on the more songwriting side of things. Like the earlier stuff, it was just like, I'm going to write a hardcore song and the <laughs> breakdown's going to be there and it's going to go shun dun 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 and there's going to be a call out there. And it's like, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, uh, I mean, I don't want to say hardcore's easy to write because I think people could go and listen to the Nemesis EP and either go, wow, this is really good, or, yeah, he says hardcore's easy to write. It sounds like dog shit, you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, I'm, I'm challenging myself more for either writing stuff that's more musically inclined, for sure. Um, not stuff that's like, oh, I'm using modes and uh, I'm using this scale and stuff. It's just like, as in getting out a piano or a keyboard and like you know figuring out what works what what harmonizes uh and what fits the song what complements the song um and i think you know ceremony um, is the first example of uh a song i'm really 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 happy with um i think with my voice i've got quite a low register so i think it might take some getting used to um but I know I'm, you know, new to that too, where I was new to screaming and stuff, you know. <laughs> um, but it's not going to stop me from releasing it because, you know, it, so- it sounds, makes me smile. And, uh, uh, you know, in a week we've got over a thousand streams on it. So I'm, I'm assuming it's making other people smile too, or it's, you know, uh, giving them a bit of entertainment during lockdown. So as long as that's happening, um, I think my songwriting process is not really like, concerned about um, but I'm, not, I'm taking a very like you know laid-back approach to like what genre comes into play yeah um, yeah 
I, I'm I'm not like, oh, this is too heavy for a room and stuff, or this is too soft for a room and stuff. I'm just like, Harvey, you are Rune, just like, you know, just do it. <laughs> uh, if someone doesn't like one of your heavy songs, they'll like one of the nicer songs. You know, um, but for me, and you know, only really being a band or had the opportunity to only really be a gigging band for three months, um, I'm very happy with the reception um, of Ruiner. And, you know, just, I think, friends and family, you know, they support and stuff, but uh, a word of advice my, one of my friends gave me was, uh, your friends are not your fans. And uh, that hurt to hear, but it was like, that is very true. Cause I, I usually get, I get annoyed if I'm looking on like Facebook or like one of those horrible sites that we all know and love <laughs> uh, where people are sharing like oh yeah check out this guy's band and it's just like why didn't you share my one and it's just like because they're not obliged to <laughs> like, they have no reason to you haven't given you know given them a reason to share your band if they don't like it you know you can't force someone to be into what you make um, and uh, i think ever since i've sort of accepted that it's just been nice like finding a fan base you know um, and luckily, there's a lot of people out there that do like this pop metal stuff um, or more catchier songs. Uh, you know, songs they can sing back, you know? Yeah. Um, and, you know, before I knew it, we've doubled our Instagram followers and then, you know, we've you know, tripled our streaming. Okay. Um, so it's it's nice. It's it's really, it's really, really good. I, and that's not me saying like I don't have any friends that don't like my music. You know, most of my friends I have met through playing music. You know, they they tend to like the same stuff I do. Um, and there are a lot of friends like that. But to be reliant on them, like you know, if you put out new merch or something, just being like, oh, I wonder why they didn't pick up my merch. They picked up, you know, another maybe band's merch. Just like you can't take that personally. You just gotta like you know separate that entirely. You know, yeah, if they wanted to buy your merch, they buy your merch, you know, <laughs> um, or they, you can't, you know, promote a, a song to them if they just don't get on with it or it's not what they're listening to, you know. Yeah, and um, what was the sort of process for coming up with, like, the, the artwork for, for all the merch, the um, the album covers? Um, well, the first EP was uh, by Abby at Flowers and Bones, um, who's absolutely smashing it, like, you know, she's doing work with like, you know, I can't name some of the bands because it might not be out yet, but she's doing work with some big bands that love her work. She does really good album merch designs. Like a very like, um, like plastic wrappy kind of, uh, you know, modern design for alternative stuff. It's, it's very cool. And she posted this one uh, with like a little gremlin guy. And I was like, oh, I love him. I absolutely love him. I have to have him on an album. Uh, I'm just, like, this little gremlin guy, I've called him the nemesis. That's cool. I uh, whacked him on an EP and a t-shirt and uh, people seem to like him or the music. <laughs> um, so that suited, you know, the grittiness of the, the first EP. The grounded one was just, I think it's like a renaissance painting or something, but there aren't any lights on it. And I was, uh, it's like a depiction of hell. Um, and uh, yeah, just, uh, you know, illness, disease and people and stuff. And I was just like, oh, Perfect. I'm going to release this during a pandemic that will make people feel amazing. Um, <laughs> and the, so uh, the song's ironically called Grounded as well. So it was like, you know, very good timing, I thought. I think that was released 3rd of April. So literally like a week after lockdown started. Um, 
so that was cool uh and then uh but the latest one that's a uh, ricky at um uh, shujinko visuals okay yeah um, who's uh made some cool stuff that's literally how it is on instagram shujinko visuals and he's got loads of cool stuff on there and i came across that image and i was like yeah i kind of want that um so that artwork and then he did then did the lyric video as well um which is up by space on travel so it's all like you know themed around that color um but it's uh you know someone screaming on the front of it you know it's uh it's someone you know trapped under some like plastic um to, you know to show people that you know can't can't put yourself through that you know like no more lies agony that time and stuff like you've got to or push through that like thick layer um, sometimes because uh, yeah you got you got to be the person that you were uh, you, know, you know you know you damn can be uh, I just think other people sometimes can get on top of that and tell you otherwise yeah that's a that's a great metaphor for it with your like um, inspirations like Blood Valentine what are the three if you had to tour of three artists what would your three artists be if you could only choose three. Number one would definitely be Bullet. Hundred <laughs> percent. Um, I'm looking at my CD collection now, so I'm trying to. <laughs> um, I guess Bullet, um, Trivium would be another one, and uh, of Mice and Men for sure. Yeah, I can definitely see that. Tri- Trivium, Bert Valentine, Ruiner. I'd be happy cool. Yeah, absolutely would love any of those opportunities, but. I mean, that's like, you know, uh, the, the, the dream the dream team, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, whereas, like, uh, yeah, it'll be a lo- long way off that. <laughs> Jessica can follow us at Ruining UK um, on Instagram. Uh, we don't have a Twitter because we literally don't see the point. Um, and on Facebook, it's just all capitals Ruiner. And same with, like, Spotify, it's all capitals Ruiner. Cool, man. Thank you for joining me in the podcast. No, honestly, mate, thank you for having me on. It's been weird being a guest on someone else's podcast for once. <laughs> it's it's really refreshing. Give 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 your give your podcast a shout out, minute. Oh yeah, um, I guess I could give myself a little puck in there. Um, yeah, so I host the True Pit podcast, which is available on Spotify. Um, I'm not sure about other apps or anything, but I guess that's like the main one that people go to. Um, so that's the True Pitch podcast, uh, currently on season two, just chat to people uh, in the industry or people in bands, mainly people in bands with money, um, about heavy music and all that surrounds it and on like a very local uh, level, um, sometimes with full bands, sometimes with just individual guests and you know, getting insight into what it's actually like to be in a heavy band in uh, this modern age. Um, Yes, the other thing I could plug would be my artwork, which is Lake Designs Co. Um, so very cheap artwork, logos and stuff, uh, single artwork, LP artwork. Um, and that is on Instagram at Lake Designs Co. Um, you can check that out, DM me if you want anything done. I think I did some work for you, Charlie, didn't I? Yes, you did, yeah, for my banking pine. Nice, there we go, there's a little segue. I did the King Pine logo, so therefore you should pay me money to do stuff for you. <laughs> yes, and I'll make, I'll make sure to put the links in the description. Hey, my guy, my guy, thank you.